Okay, we're back. Um, after the national title game, national title game was really good. Um, I saw, we saw, we got to see, like I said, three days in a row, three days in a row of good football, good product on the field. Um, that national title game, we saw a lot of NFL talent. I'm gonna tap into that. Like we saw a lot of NFL talent. Uh, I want to discuss the game, how it went. Uh, of course, LSU won 42 to 25. Uh, LSU had a really good season, but I'm gonna discuss all of that and some more. Let's stay tuned. Let's get ready. Let's go. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, hope everybody had a, you know having a good day, having a wonderful day. Um, so the national title game come came on, you know, last night, and we of course I did my predictions for it. Absolutely amazing performance by Joe Burrow and LSU. Uh, that LSU roster, uh, it's, it has a bunch of NFL guys. Um, both rosters have. Like dominant NFL guys, I think I think like some I think some productive players are gonna really come out of these uh, like this draft that we have coming up. Uh, it just shows you how loaded this draft is. Um, I'm gonna I might even do in the next few next few podcast next few weeks. I might even come up with a mock draft because this draft is so fascinating and teams need certain things. But we got to see how free agency plays out. And we got to see what teams actually want to do with their pick. So I think that will be interesting, that aspect of it. But as far as the players and the talent on the field last night, it was next level. And it, it was really good to see. It was really good to see. And this is why, once again, I think the NBA is behind college football First of all, America loves college football. Not that, not just the kids, and not just the school itself that they that, you know that the kids gravitate to, but America loves college football, and America loves football. NFL ratings are up, uh, college football ratings are up, the NBA ratings are down, and in college basketball, have you seen it this year? It's bad. There's been like three, four number one teams that have gotten upset. So there's no, there's no real big time bona fide superior team in college basketball. But this is why I think 
we this is why America loves football, and this is what the NBA has to catch up to eventually. This this is this is my first point. All, we see we we saw all of that talent on display, and even the games before the 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 four college football the four college the four playoff college football games we saw. Uh, we saw an array of talent from all four teams, mostly Ohio State, Clemson, and LSU. But even Oklahoma has some guys on offense. Most of the time, offensively, they had they, 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 we we saw a lot of talent, and we saw a lot of guys that's going to be picked. But I think that the NBA has to do a better job. At using college basketball as free asthma, free asthma advertisement, the NFL does a good job at using the using college football as free advertisement. They they do a great job at using college football as free advertisement. They they they, they, they allow college football to keep the kids, groom the kids. Um, a lot, you know, a lot of the NFL called, you know, some of their rules, some of the college football rules, uh, like the targeting rule, I don't agree with, agree with, uh, the NFL overtime rules, I like how that plays out most times, but with those two, with college football and the, and, um, in the, the NFL, both of those, those corporations can coexist with, Free advertisement of the players. They can coexist, and this is what this is what this is what makes college football so good. You know, you got Joe Burrow, who first wanted to go to wanted to go to Nebraska, mind you, wanted to go to Nebraska because it's you know he had family there, brother played there, dad coached there. Wanted to go to Nebraska, didn't go to Nebraska. Went to Ohio State. Ohio State, under all those good quarterbacks with JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins. He's under all of those guys. Doesn't play doesn't play at all at you know at Ohio State. Then goes to LSU. Last year he first was his first year at LSU. Didn't pan out well. Wasn't as productive as this year, obviously. And then going into September, going into the, the college football season, Joe Barrow wasn't even on wasn't even amongst certain draft boards like he wasn't even a prospect in September and now we are in the beginning of January and this guy is projected to be the number 1 pick in the in basketball that doesn't happen you like we knew who LeBron James was at 14 and basketball doesn't happen. Basketball, they pamper their stars. The NBA likes to pamper their stars. You know, uh, you know, we we we, we cry. I, mean, I get it. You know, they should. I think I think college kids should college athletes with them generating and bringing in a, a lot of money. I think they should. You know, get some of that money back and get it and receive it. Um, they should be they should be seeing some of that revenue, but. You know the NBA, they just they 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 just slander colleges, and it's like, oh my God, they gotta go to Duke for six months, or they six months, or they gotta go in Kentucky. They're going they're going to good programs with good coaches. Why are we stressing? But these college football guys, they they come out of high school, 
college football coaches, you take their advice. You they're, they're in there for three to four years, sometimes five years. And this is what makes NFL stars. These are the next NFL stars. The NFL does a great job. Football does a good job at coexisting and using college football for advertisement for the college athletes, for the college football players. We're getting to see who they are. And Joe Barrow gets another opportunity to actually play. You know, I I think he has some tremendous talent around him. We're going to get to that. I think he has some tremendous talent around him. But he played well. He played well last night. He's been playing well all year. LSU was outright the better, the, the, the first, the better team last night, and the best team in the nation. They beat the they they beat AP they they beat the AP's top four teams going into going into the season: Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. Like they were they they murdered everybody. Everybody they played, they murdered. They played Texas. They played Texas. They played Texas and them. Florida, Auburn, Alabama, Ole Miss, Clemson, Oklahoma. They've played everybody. Georgia. They've played everybody, and they were just outright better. And now on to the Joe Burrow factor. I mentioned going into this game. Well, not going into this game, but going into September, going into the college football season. This guy was not even a prospect. He wasn't on nobody's draft boards. By by January, he's he's the consensus number one pick. We all think that Cincinnati will draft him with the number one pick. Now, let's go into the Joe Burrow factor, like I said. Joe Burrow, this is why I think the quarterback position is so important. I was having this discussion uh, or this, I was having this argument, this debate, a couple weeks ago. With somebody, they was like, "Oh, who's going? Who? Who is Cincinnati? Who should? What should? What should Cincinnati do with the number one pick?" And I was like, "Well, the, depending on you know, depending on the way how Joe Burrow's been playing this year, and all that he has shown us, and this the this just the electrifying football that he's been playing. If I'm Cincinnati, I draft him number one, but." You know, you know, I was having this conversation, and they was like, "Oh no, but Joe Burrow is uh, he's a second-year starter. He's just coming onto the scene." I was like, "The quarterback position can change everything with a franchise or a program or an organization. The quarterback position is the t- is the top priority." I know Chase Young is good. Hell, Chase Young might be a Hall of Famer one day. He has Hall of Fame potential. He has Hall of Fame talent. He has all the measurables. He's strong. He's athletic. He 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 has it all. But I know a lot of defensive players that have it all. Aaron Donald has it all, but Aaron Donald can't help the Rams like Jared Goff can to get them over the top. Aaron Donald can't be that much of a difference maker. He can't be more of a difference maker than Jared Goff. Jared Goff has the balls and it has the ball in his hand. Just, 
every other possession. Aaron Donald doesn't. So he cannot impact the game like Jared Goff does. And this is my and this is my whole thing with the quarterbacks. That was my whole thing with Saquon Barkley. You know, I didn't think the Giants, hey, I I I, I thought Saquon was whatever wherever wherever Saquon had gone, I knew he was gonna be play well. I knew he was gonna do well because he's a tremendous talent. But the Giants as a team, as a culture, hasn't gotten better. And you know why they haven't gotten better? Because they haven't found the quarterback. Now I tend to think that they have found the guy now. But before then, if they have if they wouldn't have drafted Daniel Jones, they'd be still in the looking in the search of trying to find the franchise quarterback. And this is what I mean by Cincinnati. Okay, Cincinnati, let's just say Cincinnati drafts Chase Young. Let's just say you want to if if you let's just say you're Cincinnati and you want to draft Chase Young. Okay, you draft him. You still need help at the quarterback position. Chase Young, okay, he has a good year, but the, but you still finish last. Say Chase Young has a good rookie year. He has 14 and a half sacks, almost 100 tackles, and two forced fumbles. Like he has, let's say he has a good year, but is that gonna get you any closer to winning the division? Is that gonna get you any closer to competing with Baltimore? Is that gonna get you any closer to the ultimate goal? No, it's not. You drafting Chase Young. Okay, you have okay, you got an outstanding DN. That's the end. <laughs> That's the end for that. You have an outstanding DN. Who cares? You have an outstanding DN, but you can't score points. Outstanding DN, but you cannot score points. You don't you, if you draft Joe Burrow, if Cincinnati drafts Joe Burrow, you have now. Let's say you know Joe Burrow works out. You have your guy. You have your guy. The quarterback can. He, the quarterback has the most impact on the game. It, it, it's just true. I'm sorry. It's just true though. It's just true. The quarterback has the most impact on the game. Not a defensive player, not a receiver, uh, the quarterback. The quarterback. You know, I love Aaron Donald, love Khalil Mack. But th- those guys could not, could, could, could not overcome their team's struggles and obstacles to get their team to the next level. Sorry. They just couldn't. I have examples with LSU. LSU always recruit. Five, four and five star kids. LSU always recruits. They always recruit. They always recruit four and five star kids at every other position but the quarterback. Like before they got Joe Burrow, LSU hasn't had a quarterback has it had a quarterback like Joe Burrow ever. But LSU has always been able to get talent. But what's been LSU's problem these last few years before this year? Oh, they're good defensively. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of good players. But offensively, they're just bad. Offensively, they're old-fashioned. They play too. They don't have no spread options, no spread looks. 
That that used to be the, that used to be the knock on LSU until this year. They have they had a caveman offense. LSU had a caveman offense. LSU was they, their offense in 2017, 2016 was in was a 1975 offense. Run heavy, play action pass out of the I formation. I'm not even sure if LSU before this year lined up in shotgun. Like, it was very, very old and caveman. They had a caveman offense. And it showed in their numbers. And yeah, they were able, they were still on a yearly basis able to win nine games, ten games. But you're not going to be Alabama with that. You're not going to be Georgia with that. You're not going to beat Clemson with that. You're not going to beat Ohio State with that. Oh, but they made the change. And you know what? They, you know, LSU's always been a football factory. But you add the you add the piece of the quarterback. You add the quarterback position. You add somebody like Joe Barrow, and that takes LSU all the way to the top. Literally, it takes them all the way to the top. LSU's always had good receivers. LSU's LSU had Odell and Jarvis Landry on the same team for years and couldn't couldn't do nothing. They got to the Outback Bowl and they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham on the same team and they got back, they got to the Outback Bowl. They've all they've always had good secondary players, good DBs, good safeties. They've always had good linemen and good backs. But they haven't had a quarterback like Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow ultimately takes them to the top. He took them to the top. You add the quarterback. You add the dimension of the quarterback. It takes a, it takes a program like LSU with a lot of four and five star players all the way to the top. Because LSU for years... It's not that they haven't been able to match up with Alabama. It's just that they never had the offensive firepower like like Alabama. They haven't had the quarterback play like Alabama, like uh, like Ohio State, like Clemson. But as far as like line play and like athletes, oh LSU matches up with anybody in the anybody in in the nation as far as as far as athletes and linemen. LSU, they have those guys. They have those players. They haven't had the quarterback. They haven't had the difference maker at the quarterback position. I see it with I, I see it with Indianapolis Colts. I like the Indianapolis Colts. I like their roster. I like their coach. I like their GM. They got a lot of cap space. They have a good O line. They got a good running game. They got some nice targets. Pretty solid defense. But you know why Indianapolis wasn't a playoff team? Do you know why they had do you know why they went seven and nine this year? Even despite having those things all in place and right, they didn't have the right guy at the quarterback position. I like Jacoby Brissett, but Jacoby Brissett is not gonna be the guy that takes you to the playoffs and take you on a playoff one and win you a couple playoff games. He's not that guy. He's a good three year he's a good replacement until you find your franchise quarterback. He's a starter in the league, but he's not a franchise quarterback.
You can have, like I'm saying, you can have all of these things in place. It just shows you, once again, to, goes, it goes right to my point. How important and how critical quarterbacks are. Indianapolis has a good roster. They have a good O-line, a good young O-line with a nice receiving core and some tight ends. They have a good running back in Marlon Mack. Their defense is solid. Their coach is good. And their GM is good. And they have a lot of cap space. But you know what the Colts are missing? They're missing a franchise quarterback. And until they find that franchise quarterback, they continue to finish second or third in their division because first, Houston has a franchise quarterback. Now, Houston don't have all those other things like Indianapolis, but Houston, it just goes to show you, the quarterback position means a lot. Indianapolis is the better, is the, Indianapolis have the better O-line. They got the better defense. They got the better running game. They got the better coach. They got the better GM. But you know what Houston has over Indianapolis? Yeah, the quarterback position. They have the quarterback position. They have the quarterback position right. And once you get that right, you'll be fine. You can lack in other areas. Because if you have a franchise quarterback, that's what he does. He picks up the weight of those pieces or those places that you lack in. He picks that up and makes that team better. I think Indianapolis as a roster... It's better than Houston's. But Houston has the right quarterback. They have Deshaun Watson. He's a franchise guy. That's what separates Houston and Indianapolis. And that's all I'm saying with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. Okay, yeah, you, you draft Jace Young if you're Cincinnati. Okay, draft him. You still have Baker in your division. You got Lamar Jackson in your division. You got... Ben Roethlisberger and Pittsburgh in your division. All of those teams in your division have a quarterback that they like. Or that they say like Cleveland. <laughs> so it's imperative that, that Cincinnati drafted, that they, that they draft Joe Barrow and it, and that Joe Burrow and thank God Joe Burrow played well because if he didn't play well last night, I'm sure scouts would have been like, "Uh, is he really the number one pick?" You know, but he did that. He put 42 points up, 501 yards, six touchdowns on the best pass defense in the nation, the best defense he has seen all year. He did that against that team, and Clemson is really good. Clemson is really good. I like Clemson. Clemson is really good. Um, I think they'll be back in the game next year. You know, I think it was just too much for Clemson to overcome um, defensively with with all the receivers they were they they had to cover. At one point in time, Clemson had seven DBs on the field. Yeah, Clemson had seven DBs on the field. So you know, it was just a lot to overcome um, with Joe Burrow and that offense and those receivers. You know, it it was too much to overcome. Um, now on the Trevor Lawrence, you know, you you guys know how much I'm or how big I am on Trevor Lawrence. Or if you don't know, I'm really big on Trevor Lawrence. Um, in my eyes, he's the he's probably the best quarterback talent, best quarterback prospect 
in college since Andrew Luck. You know, after Andrew Luck, there hasn't really been a like a college quarterback prospect that has been like, wow, you cannot, you can't miss on this guy. After Andrew Luck, there hasn't been there there hasn't been that. There hasn't been a guy like that. But Trevor Lawrence is that guy. I think he's the best college prospect um, as far as the quarterback that I have seen since Andrew Luck. And I think he needed this loss. Trevor Lawrence going into t- going into last night's game, he was twenty five and zero, never lost. You know he plays in the ACC. Clemson has a bunch of five star receivers, five star running backs, five star DNs, five star secondary. You know nobody, nobody, no other team or program in the SEC in the, in the ACC has that type of talent. They they, they don't have those type of prospect and players. So. For the last two years, Clemson's been running through the ACC. It's not their fault because you play on the schedule. I get it. But Trevor Lawrence needed a loss. He needed a game like this where he was like, oh, wow, okay. Like, this is probably Trevor Lawrence's first time in a long time where he was the second-best quarterback on the field. Like, any field Trevor Lawrence has stepped on until last night, he was probably the best quarterback. But last night, he was the second best quarterback on the field. And he doesn't know how that feels. And he, he, he lost to LSU, his first collegiate loss. And, and his stock won't drop for next year. You know, his stock won't drop. Who cares about, you know, his stock won't drop. But, but. Trevor Lawrence did needed this loss. He did. He did. He needed this loss. Um, he, he it's obvious that he has to improve in certain areas. Um, I think he had a total of thirteen overthrows. Um, so he's a little anxious in the pocket. Pocket. Uh, it doesn't. All, it doesn't help when you're playing LSU as well. LSU's defense was ferocious last night, especially after after that first score in the third quarter. And throughout the second quarter as well, LSU's defense they they really locked down. They 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 really locked down. They shut they they shut Clemson down. But Trevor Lawrence will be just fine. I still like him. He's still high in my book. But he does obviously has to get better. Um, he's only I think I think we we are so amazed, and I think he's gonna get a lot of you know I don't know I'm not gonna say scrutiny, but he's gonna get a lot of heat today because. Often, he has always looked like the best quarterback and the most experienced quarterback. But he didn't look the most experienced last night. He, look, he, he looked like a sophomore. And Joe Burrow looked like a five-year senior. Like, they both looked their age. They both looked their age. I like Trevor Lawrence, and he'll be just fine. Trust me. Trust me. But he does have to get better. He will. It, it 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 is necessary that he that he gets better. He'll be the number one pick for next year. He'll find himself in this game next year because Clemson will be having some guys return, and LSU won't be this dominant. So there will be another shot for him to win it all and to go out on top. But he needs this loss because he's been comfort. He's been comfort all throughout. These last few years, 
high school years. He's always been better than the opponent, than the competition. First two years in college until last night, never lost. Continuously playing ACC opponents who don't have the talent as a Clemson. And they're up. He's used to being up 30-plus points at halftime. Well, that wasn't the case for him last night. So I like Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, I'm not going to say it again, but he did and he does have to improve. He does have to improve, but I did see him make strides throughout the season, late down the stretch, like the last eight games. He was, he was, he was phenomenal. He was phenomenal. Besides Joe Burrow, I don't think nobody, no, no other quarterback was playing better than him these last like eight weeks down the stretch. He was playing for, he was playing really good. He had 14 and seven interceptions. His first seven game, his last eight games, he had 22 touchdowns with zero interceptions. He played. He's been playing well, but I like it. I, I like what I saw from Joe Burrow. Um, the talent on the field was so I mean so much talent on the field. If you think, if you think, you um, if if you just think the team needs a receiver, this is the draft to do it. Cause I you get you you get about two three receivers from LSU, you get one good re, you get one good receiver from Oklahoma, you get two three receivers from Ohio State. Like this, you get two, three receivers from Alabama. You have a lot of receivers coming up, coming out of the draft. And I was just such, I was just such amazed how good some of these players are. So young, like LSU's DB, Derek Stingley. That kid is going. That that kid is a freshman, but when he gets in, the, he's going to be an All Pro. He was the only freshman to make the AP All-American first team. Derek Stingley, he is phenomenal as a corner. Isaiah Simmons for Clemson, really good. He plays it both. He's a, he, he's a line. I've seen him at the linebacker position a lot. Then he sometimes go back and drop back and play safety. He does a lot. I saw a lot of good talent on the field, a lot of good talent displayed on the field. Um, I cannot wait for the draft. And I told you guys, I think I told you guys this early in the year, like early in the football, college football season, that this draft is loaded. This is if you need, if you need, if you need to fill some gaps in certain positions, like receiver and running back and line, linebacker. This this is the draft to do so because there's a surplus of talent in this draft. So if you need to if you need to start fresh, start young, and you gotta you know if you need a team like that, if you have a team like that, this is the draft to do so. I'll be back on the other end next end. We got a lot more to get into today. <clears throat>
Okay, so another thing, when I was watching this game, it's so funny. And you guys may think I I hate the Browns. You guys may think I hate Baker. I don't hate Baker. I like Baker. I think um his ego, we need some of that. Uh, sometimes you don't have to be, I get that you don't want to be like Dak and Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck where the franchise quarterbacks say all the right things and they say they keep it PC. I get it. You don't want to say all the right things. You want to come off as a little arrogant and cocky and have a swagger and demeanor about yourself. I'm with it. I'm cool with that. But as I was watching last night's game, and me knowing that Cincinnati does have the number one pick, and Joe Burrow it was absolutely tearing it up, and there was the, and the, the Bengals are probably going to pick him number one. This led me to think of Baker Mayfield and the Browns. You're like, oh, why? Why, why would you think of the Baker Mayfield and the Browns? Well, they play the same division, and in a division that coming into the season was essentially wide open, um, and we didn't know like we didn't know what to expect from first Baltimore. We didn't know Baltimore was going to come out and be 14 and two and break all type of rushing records, and we didn't know Lamar Jackson was going to be just turned into the league's MVP and the most exciting story. We didn't know that coming into the season. Um, we didn't know what Pittsburgh was going to give us. We knew the Steelers were going to be competitive. We knew they was going to still win some football games because that's just what the Steelers do. But we didn't know how serious to take them as a, like a, as a bona fide contender um, coming into the season. With the with the losses that the, with the with the key losses that they had with like an Antonio Brown and a Le'Veon Bell, guys that were a huge part of their offense and offense production, we didn't know what we was gonna get from them. We did know we did know that the Steelers gonna win some games. They're gonna be competitive. They're gonna be respectable. But as far as like playoffs and actually winning winning the division. We didn't know what to expect from the Steelers. The Browns, there was there was a lot of optimism uh, you, uh, with the surrounding the Browns. You know, everybody loved the roster and loved all the splash free agency moves that they made, and the new coach and Baker and Odell. Everybody loved some. Well, some people mo- loved that. Most people loved that. Most people had the Browns. Doing well this year. I didn't. I thought the Browns were going to finish third, second in division, third in division with a seven and nine record. Uh, they finished third in division with a six and ten record. I was close. I was yay. Sh- I was yay short. But now that I look at the quarterback play in the AFC North, now we know that Lamar Jackson is the MVP, and we see that Lamar Jackson, um, he's 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 good. And Big Ben Roethlisberger, he comes back. Ben Roethlisberger comes back. We know how good he is and how better the Steelers will be offensively this this upcoming year, the next year. We still don't know what Baker. And according according to the pulse of the of the nation and of the you know of, you know around sports media, a lot of people like Joe Burrow. Joe and Baker Mayfield didn't have a great year this year. Now, I don't, obviously, I, I obviously I don't think Joe Burrow is better than Baker right now. But 
if you go back to Baker's college, his final season in college, and Burrow's now, Burrow is obviously the better talent. He's the better talent and the better prospect. Um, I like Barrow's accuracy. I, I think Barrow has a stronger arm. I think Barrow is a little bit more elusive and more athletic as a quarterback with his legs. Uh, I think Barrow throws a better deep ball. But I think Barrow does a lot of a lot of things good. He does a lot of things good, but I don't know. I I, I can't really name one thing that he just does great. Like I I I can't name it. You know he throws a good ball. He's pretty accurate. Good footwork. Good good mechanics. Has the measurables. He can throw a nice deep ball. But I don't know what I don't know what his standout skill is. And this is what I particularly look for. Um, you know, I, I, this has nothing to do with Baker right now. But this is this is what I look for in prospects. Like what is like I know a lot of prospects that's good at just about everything. But what's one thing that you do that you do better than any other guy at your position? Like I look at it in basketball. Steph Curry does it better than any other guy in basketball. He shoots the ball better than anybody in, in the league. LeBron is the best uh, the best driver and penetrator of the rim. LeBron, when he wants to be, is the best passer in the league. So what do you do better? Than everybody else significantly. Kawhi is the best defender, the wing defender in the league. I look at it in the, in the football. Russell Wilson is the best playmaker in the league. Deshaun Watson is a great playmaker. What is one skill that Joe Burrow like stand that that's, that like really stands out? Is it his accuracy? Is it his down the field throwing? Is it his po- like? What is the one standout trait or skill that says, "Oh yeah, that he's gonna be he's gonna be really good at that guy at, at that"? I don't really I don't really see that skill from him. I don't see that one skill that he does great. But going back to Baker and the Browns and Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow's now in Baker's Mayfield division. He's probably gonna get drafted by Cincinnati, and this goes to show you. This guy Baker, depending on how Burrow makes out and pans out, this guy Baker might be the worst. He might be the worst quarterback in his division. If Joe Burrow pans out, and we all we all agree that Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson are better than Baker Mayfield, and Joe Burrow pans out to be what he should be or what he's advertised to be. Baker Mayfield and the Browns are in trouble because you know what I tell you guys. Eight, eight of the division winners, eight teams out of the eight teams that won the division this year, all eight had the best quarterback and coach duo for probably the exception of one. And that was the 49ers, but the 49ers have a better overall roster than Seattle. But just for that exception, the best quarterback and coach duo in tandem won a division. Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson won a division. Brady and Belichick won a division. Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien won a division. 
Are they better than Tennessee? I don't know. I don't know. At, at, Deshaun Watson is definitely better than Tannehill. Uh, I, I don't think Bill O'Brien. But, but that's, never, that's neither here nor there. Baltimore and Lamar Jackson. One, Baltimore and John Harbaugh won the division. Green Bay, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur won the division. See the trend? Drew Brees, Sean Payton won the division. Best coach quarterback tandem wins the most. So I like the hire from the Browns with Kevin Stefanski. I like the hire. He's you know he's one of those analytical dudes. He's gonna they, they, you know the Browns the Brown I think it was a good hire. The Browns are in a good match. The Browns are heavily involved with the analytics. Kevin Kevin Stefanski he is. Uh, he he's into analytics. He's heavy into analytics, so they match there. Um, he I think he'll also help Baker um, in the Browns' offense, you know, with X's and O's. But once again, Baker, we, Baker, we are acknowledging that Baker may have a ceiling, and Joe Burrow's ceiling might be higher than Baker's. Joe Burrow's ceiling. May very well be higher, be higher than Baker because Baker, ba- ba- Baker, he, we don't know what he is. We don't know. We don't know what he is. Some people are still on the gate. They're still on the fence. I think I know who Baker is. I don't think he. Well, I've been told you guys. I've been telling you guys this all year. I've been telling you guys this all year. Baker as a talent, as a talent, as a quarterback, he doesn't have the talent like Mahomes or Deshaun Watson to overcome the dysfunction in Cleveland. He doesn't have that talent at all. He doesn't possess it. He doesn't have enough talent to overcome the dysfunction in Cleveland. Now, now, Joe Barrow. The question is, does Joe Barrow has enough? T- does he have enough talent to overcome? I'm not gonna say the dysfunction in in Cincinnati, because for the most part, for since I've been living, they haven't been dysfunctional, but they have been mediocre and they have been average. Can Joe Barrow's talent? Can his talent? Overcome the average and the mediocrity of the Cincinnati Bengals. Can he overcome that? Now, guys like Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz, in my opinion, those guys have the talent, they have the size to overcome bad organizations. Now, luckily for Carson Wentz and Patrick Mahomes, I don't think they're in bad spots. They're in good organizations and good matches. And this goes to my point. Joe Burrow, is, is Cincinnati, can he, can he match up well with Cincinnati? Can he, be the, can he be the fit for Cincinnati? And that is a question that we all have to answer. That is a question that is going to be posed all throughout next year. If the Bengals draft them, which most likely they will. 
can't because I, I talk about this all the time with quarterbacks and coaches and organizations. You have to have the right match. I, I, I think this is real critical in the NBA. It really doesn't. This, this doesn't matter in the NBA. In the NBA, you can give me two of the top five best players and give me a solid like supporting cast. I'd be fine. Just look at the Lakers. Just look at the Lakers. Just look at the Clippers. The Lakers have two of the top five players in basketball. You pair them up with a solid or above or above solid supporting cast, you'll be fine. The Lakers are the Lakers are first in the West by a lot of games. They're fine. They're thirty three and seven. The Clippers, two superstar players paired with a solid supporting cast. It doesn't matter. But in the NFL and in football, it does matter. If you don't have the perfect match, I don't think it works. You got to have these three things. I say it all the time. Front office, GM slash GM, head coach, quarterback. If you have those three things, you'll be fine. If you have the, the most important to me is the quarterback position. If you have the quarterback position right, you're going to be fine. Houston, like, the perfect example is Houston. The Texans, they have a bad The Texans' running game is inconsistent. Bill O'Brien as a coach, uh, don't trust him. But Deshaun Watson is a special quarterback talent. And with him being special, he is um, he is able to overcome organizational issues such as a bad defense, such as a mediocre coach, a questionable coach that makes questionable calls at times. He's able to overcome that. Can Joe Burrow overcome those things? We still have to wait on that. Can he overcome those things? Okay, so I want to touch one last thing before I let you guys go. Um, it was big news in the MLB world um, that the Houston Astros, uh, A.J. Hinch was fired. GM was fired as well. If you don't know what was going on, basically the Astros, the 2017 year, the Houston Astros did win the World Series over the Dodgers. Um, and they were, they would, the, the league had put them, the MLB had put them under investigation for stealing signs. And now, usually, when it comes to this type of thing with a cheating scandal, like with the Patriots cheating scandals, I'm like, every team, like with, with the Patriots situation, every team, every team tries to gain an advantage, you know, an advantage. They try to gain an advantage, a competitive van- advantage. Over the other teams, and it's basically say it's old saying: if you're not cheating, you're not trying. You're not trying. So I think you know there's a boundary, and there's boundaries and limits to cheating. Um, the New England stuff. I mean, who else? Who who in the league is not 
like looking at film and looking at practice like who in the league is not doing that if you're if you're not doing that it's a reason why you haven't been good for years um now with this with this with this Astros thing I think it's a little bit much more uh I think this is much more malicious in a way uh, stealing signs and p- for from from pitching from pit from pitching crews from the bullpen I think that's outrageous uh it was the the, the cheating was pre-medic premeditated uh it, 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 it's clearly an unfair advantage so I do agree with the owner of the Astros with firing AJ Hentz, the manager and and not only firing the manager but firing the GM as well and they went up, they they gave the the the, the AJ Hinch manager the uh, former manager of the Reds of the Astros he gave his message they basically say and it, it it's clear as it's clear as day and it's clear evidence that he wasn't a part of it he didn't like it at all but he let his he let former co- he let coaching staff under him man he let he let those staff under him continue to do such things uh and the gm is just lying when he says he has no such thing he 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 didn't hear no such thing going on it's a damn lie you gotta know what's going on you're the gm you're the general manager of the team you have to know what's going on it's a damn lie or what or he wasn't doing his job right it's a lie um if you and this i mean it makes perfect sense you go back and look at that astros series Against the Dodgers, the World Series with, a, with with the Dodgers, as I mentioned, I mean as the Astros, as I mentioned, won that series. The Dodgers that year had an ace pitching staff: you Darvish, Kurt, Clayton Kershaw, Brandon Merrill, Alex Wood. They had like they had an ace bullpen, an H, an ace pitching. Staff, and the last like in a two game span, this this ace pitching staff, this ace, this ace bullpen went from eighteen runs, twenty six hits, and six home runs. The Astro the Astro hitters could not be stopped, and, and mind you, the Dodgers have a gr- this this was. A great, a great bullpen that the Dodgers had. Clayton Kershaw, Hugh Darvish, and Alex Wood. Those were th- th- those are three all-star caliber pitchers. Clayton Kershaw, we all know, in his prime, when he's healthy, he's probably the best pitcher in baseball. So this this is this was this just this just wasn't no anybody's that the dot that the Astros. We're hitting one. And in a two-game span, they had 18 runs, 16, 6, 26 hits, and 6 home runs. The Astros could not be stopped. And former players came out Former player came out and said, hey, it's true. They're, they're, they're stealing signs. It, it, he reported the league office. So apparently... The, the Astros was placing cams. They were placing cameras at center field. Monitor, they had monitors in the dugout alerting hitters and, and bench coaches. Hey, 
This is what they, 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 Clayton Kershaw is going to throw a slider. Clayton Kershaw is going to throw a curveball. He's going to throw a fastball. It's much easier. Now, as an average, as the average person, yeah, okay, can't hit a 90 mile per hour ball. The average person can't. But with the advantage of a major league baseball hitter knowing what pitch a pitcher is going to throw, that is a major advantage. That is a major and the, and the Astros also had they 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 would bang on trash cans as an indicator to which pitch was coming. Like I said, it's much easier for a major league baseball player to hit and diagnose a pitch when he knows it is a fastball, a curveball. A slider or a knuckleball is much easier to diagnose and hit a ball for a major league baseball player than it than with with him knowing which what what pitch is coming. Of course, the average person can't hit it, so don't don't give me a crap. That hey, we major league baseball players, major league baseball hitters, they will tell you it's much easier to hit a pitch. When you know it's coming, which pitch is coming? And that's what the Astros violated, and that's what they did wrong. That's what they did wrong. I, I, I it's totally. I am totally on board with the with the with the MLB has done with giving them a one year suspension, and then the Astros owner took it to the next level. And fired the fired the manager and fired the general manager. I totally agree. I am I'm, I agree. This is cheating to the lowest. This is cheating to the lowest point. I totally agree. But I just wanted to I, you know because I know that news came out that was big around that was circling around MLB one of the biggest hottest MLB topics. I'm gonna keep it you know. I'm gonna be versatile. As most as best as possible. Just want to get you guys that news, but I don't want to hold you guys any longer. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening to another episode. Um, we, we're only we're only growing. We're only getting better. Thank you guys for hanging in there. I'm gone. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your days. Um, yeah, two choices, one decision. As we always do it. Two choices, one decision. You guys could have been elsewhere, but you guys chose the you chose this platform. You chose my my platform, my podcast to listen to. So that is wonderful and a blessing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Also, once again, two choices, one decision. I'm out. I'm out.